0: Everybody look at Hank Aaron and say, he was the one that broke Babe Ruth record. They don't know the other things that I went through.
1: Former Major League home run king Hank Aaron. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. This weekend marks the start of the spring 2020 Major League Baseball exhibition season. Now, it was another spring many years ago. That I got to meet and interview one of my boyhood heroes, the legendary and once home run king, Hank Aaron. Now, when I was growing up, Ernie Banks of the Cubs was my main man, but Hank Aaron had a special place in my heart, not just because we share a birthday. In 1974, Hammer and Hank broke the record that had stood for decades, Babe Ruth's lifetime 714 home runs. And the record set by Hank Aaron stood until Barry Bonds broke it in 2007. So, here now is my interview with Hank Aaron from
0: 1991. You know, right now they think that um, I was born, I was hit 755 home runs, and everything was roses, you know. And and that was a lot more to my life than just home runs. That was a lot of things that I think that uh, people needed to know about. Some of the tough times I went through, some of the good times I went through, some of the people I met. Through my 23 years in professional sports, uh, not only from uh, from ownerships, not only from players, but from uh, from people outside of the baseball world, you know that I had met that really, you know that that really gave everything that they had in order for Hank Aaron to to achieve what what I, what I achieved in baseball in in 23 years. So I said, okay, I said then I'm gonna write a book let people know everything, you know, and, uh, that's what I had to do. And it so happened that, uh, it, I found a writer in in Lonnie Wheeler and, uh, he and I talked for two and a half years to put this book together. And, uh, I think that we have a nice book. I think we have a book that people are going to enjoy and they're going to look at it. And when they finish with it, they're going to say that, you know, although Hank Aaron hit 755 home runs, uh, so there were some things that he had to jump over, some hurdles he had to jump over. It wasn't everything was not a bed of roses. And so that's why I wrote the
2: book. There's a whole bunch of people today who have no conception of what it was like when you first broke into the major leagues uh, for to be a black player on a team that that was still virtually all white in a league that was virtu- that was still virtually all white. You couldn't stay at the same hotels. You couldn't eat at the same places. It was—it's hard to comprehend now what that must have been like.
0: That's very true, Bill. And we're talking now. This is 1991, and I started my baseball career in 1953 uh, with in the Negro American League. When I'm sure that I, I talk to kids now, and I said, you know, I made two hundred dollars a month, and that was no different than anybody else was making. But two hundred dollars a month was two hundred dollars a month. I got. Two dollars a day for meal money, uh, and it just so happened that I had a very dear friend of mine's, uh, and he was part preacher and part baseball player. And he and I used to take the two dollars and we put pool our two dollars together, had four dollars so. We'd get a jar, large jar of peanut butter and, uh, a loaf of bread. And, uh, that was what we would, uh, survive off of for the rest of the week until Saturday come. You know, so, it, you know, it was tough, but, uh, you know, you know, it's just like for every successful man, I show you a good woman that stands behind him. And that's the thing, you know, for every successful man, I show you some tough time that he went through, too. You know, it wasn't everything was bed of roses. So I, I don't, you know, in talking to my kids, my children today, you know, uh, they are no kids anymore. They're grown. But I tried to tell them that uh, just because you walk out of some one college doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to start working for the going to be the president of IBM. You have to crawl before you walk. And uh that's what happened. I know a lot of people say, "Wait, well, two hundred dollars a month, two dollars a day meal money, you know, well, hey, you know, I'm still here <laughs> and i'm, and I'm fifty six years old, so I you know it didn't hate me you know at the time it did, but uh you know I don't no way I could go through it now, bill, but i you know, I had some good times.
2: You know, it's fun also when you look back on, on something and, and uh, when, when somebody of great achievement looks back on the early days of his career, it's fun to look back at an article like Furman Bisher writes and says, well, he's hit a few home runs, but it won't set any records in that department.
0: Well, that's true. And, uh, that's why it was so important, so, so important that I write this book because I wanted to set the record straight, you know, because everybody look at Hank Aaron and say, he was the one that broke Babe Ruth' record. They don't know the other things that I went through, you know, and there were other problems that I had, you know, not only that, uh, uh, even when I, after being in the big leagues and and playing baseball for for 23 years and going after a record that some people say would never be broken, uh, then I find myself in the midst of a controversy, not only from the commissioner's office. But also from, from fans, a lot of hate mail, vicious hate mail, you know, not only hate, I'm not talking about hate mail where people just write you a letter, but they were racist, racistly hate mail, you know, and people were still in the midst of saying, Hey, you know, they just got to the big leagues in 1947 when Jackie Robinson broke in. And now what is he doing? He's up here challenging one of the records that we thought would never be broken. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always said that records are made to be broken. No matter who you are, you know, and just as sure as seven, I'm sitting across from you now. One day, somebody's going to come up and come along and break 755. It may seem impossible now, and it does, but uh, pretty soon some kid's going to come along and and hit home runs at a rapid cliff and continue to play, and uh, the record's going to be shattered. And I, no matter where I am, I'm just going to wish him well.
2: Well, you know, I think that's one thing that will surprise many people. I think we, you know, we'd heard about the hate mail back then. We knew we knew that there was a lot of pressure on you. There's got to be pressure when you're mm-hmm. approaching a record like that. But I'm not sure that that even those of us who followed your career rather closely understood
0: just how miserable that year was when you when you were closing in on the record. It was very miserable for me, and I I say this and not to uh, take anything away because I found I found a lot of uh, relief. Uh, and happiness once I got on the baseball field, you know, that was my relief point because I didn't have to deal with people. The only thing I had to deal with were things I had been dealing with for the past 15, 16 years, and that's trying to play baseball. But, uh, you know, when I had to sneak out of the back of baseball parks, you know, when I had to have uh, – well, my daughter at that time was at Fist University when she – did not have the liberty of going through college experience and doing some of the things other people were doing you know uh it was uh it was a terrible experience for me you know and one that i think that um uh, it will always be tattooed <laughs> in me because uh it shouldn't have happened it really shouldn't have happened because uh i was the only, only thing i was doing was just playing baseball and trying to bring a little enjoyment to people
2: why aren't you now a more bitter man as a result
0: well, I don't have time. You know, in order to be bitter, you, it takes a lot of your time to be bitter. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't have time for that. You know, really, I, I I just have time. You know, you're not here very long. You know, God put you on earth, and He He, he don't expect you to stay here till you. Very few of us stay here when we're eighty or ninety years old. So, I you know, I'm gonna enjoy myself. Why not? You know, I don't have time for that. You know, as I said before, it just takes a lot of your time being bitter or trying to. To square debts with other people, you know, so I don't have time for that. So I, the only thing I'm doing, I'm enjoying myself now. Uh, I'm involved with baseball. Uh, I am, uh, uh, involved with, uh, with other groups like the Boy Scouts, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So, mm-hmm. you know, really, actually, I'm enjoying myself and I've written a book and it's taken off very well. And I just want everyone that buys it or look at the book. To understand that there is no bitterness (laughs) or nothing, you know. But I find myself uh, in in all of the things and all of the controversies that I was uh, not involved with, but all of the things that I disagreed with. A lot of people say, well, why are you still in baseball? I hope I remain in baseball the rest of my life. As I said before, sometimes I feel like I ought to strangle it, but yet I feel like I need to go down there and still keep doing the things that I'm doing and let people know that I'm not completely satisfied. But, you know, out of all of the things that I get myself involved with in baseball and try to help baseball, because that's my that's my. That is ultimately a goal I like to do is to try to make people understand that, you know, just because you give someone a front seat in the bus for 20 years, Give them an opportunity once their careers are over with to continue to ride in the front seat. Don't just give them 20 years in the front seat of bus and all of a sudden, you know, say, we don't need you no more because your athletic skills is rusted. You know, give us a chance to do some other thing. I think that's the thing that has happened to most black athletes, you know, like Larry Dobby, um, You can name them on and on and on. You know, that's, they just haven't give, given you an opportunity to continue to pursue your goals.
2: Do you feel kind of uh, frustrated nowadays when you look at second string, second baseman making a million <laughs> five a year? Uh, you know, I remember the year that the Cubs finally, finally paid Billy Williams a hundred thousand dollars that was it was it was the breakthrough no other cup not even ernie banks mm-hmm. made a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and mm-hmm. billy williams made a hundred thousand i thought wow what
0: a breakthrough and now a hundred thousand you you get that your rookie year <laughs> you get that you that's right your rookie is right no you, you you know you can name a, a lot of billy, billy williams you know that uh should have been paid a lot of money you know but, Yes it's very frustrating when you when you see ball players like that, but then you look at it and it's and it's it's a two way street you know if if ball players go into the front office or their agent go into the front office and talk to the owner of the ball club and say, "Hey, my client ought to be making a million two hundred thousand dollars and, uh, they say, well, we can't give you a million two, but we give you a million one. Uh, I think it would be foolish for that ball player to walk <laughs> out and say, oh, I'm overpaid. You know, yeah. uh, the thing that bothers me about these new contracts, not so much how much money they're making. If the owners want to give it to them, take it. Hell, take it. You know, I think it would be crazy But The thing that bothers me is that when they pay them the money and they sign a contract, then they want to go back in a year's time and renegotiate the contract. I think that's ludicrous. I think it's crazy for them to think that. But yet, you know, it, it, it happens all the time. Not only in, in baseball, not only in sports, but it happens all the time. You read in the paper yeah. where big companies want to renegotiate their contracts. You know, contract means nothing these <laughs> days. You know, it just means that you sign for for two months and hope that that player, or, or, or whoever you have the contract with, will live up to his obligation.
1: Hank Aaron celebrated his 86th birthday just a couple of weeks ago. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, another legendary figure, Congressman John Lewis, one of the central figures of the 1960s civil rights movement. I talked with him a number of years ago about his memoir of those years. You'll hear that interview next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.